Hello, college football fans, and welcome to episode 26 of College Football Throwdown, a college football podcast by college football fans for college football fans. I'm your co-host, Alex Schmitz, and today I'm joined by my dad, Peter Schmitz. Good evening, football fans. That's right. Yes, we're here to talk about um, week 10 of the college football season and the new uh, playoff rankings that just came out today, as well as the upcoming games of week 11. Yes. And uh, on last week, we talked about how there were quite a number of uh, good games, and there were some of those good games turned out to be good games, uh, but then there were some big upsets that people weren't expecting, including one that's a little close to home for us uh, Cornhusker fans. That's right, absolutely. And, and in honor of that, uh, that particular victory, I'm going to go ahead and do what uh, is part of uh, our podcast, which is opening the uh, proverbial beverage, which that's why I've still got a sore throat. I'm I'm still recovering from the cheering and conversation in the game and post game activities. So here we go. Ah, very nice. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, we well we had both in terms of predictions we had both predicted losses. You know, for the Nebraska Michigan State game, so we were pleasantly surprised in that regard. Yes. Well, and and I I don't remember. Hopefully you'll have it. uh, The other games, the national games we predicted. But I suspect that there might be a game or two there that we were wrong, too. (laughs) Yeah, well, funnily enough, actually, we're we're one and one, you and I. Um, I had predicted uh, that Clemson would beat Florida State 41-38. And you predicted that that Florida State was going to win 41-38. Uh, uh, yeah. So I ended up being right there. Uh, in reality, Clemson ended up winning that game 23-13, kind of a low-scoring game, not quite like yeah. we predicted. That's true. Yep, yep. But but a good game nonetheless. You know, interesting uh, how that turned out. Same, same with the uh, LSU-Alabama uh, game, I think, from a scoring standpoint, you, you know, uh, there maybe wasn't as much scoring as we thought there was going to be. And we should we should know that by now. That when you get into November, and uh, you know you get really the really good teams playing each other late in the season, that defense starts to rise to the forefront. Well, yeah, that was definitely true in the Alabama LSU game. I wasn't oh. watching it, but I was listening to it on the radio when I was driving back from San Francisco, and uh, it would. I think it would be a fair uh, statement to say that uh, Alabama's uh, front seven on their defense is probably just as good or better than anyone else's in the country right now. Right. I would agree. Yeah, because they completely shut down Leonard Fournette in that game, which people were not expecting, for sure. That's true. That's true. So, yeah. I mean, the I mean the score was, uh, as it turns out, where was it? Uh, 30-16. Um, but it kind of sounds like Alabama was uh, more in control of that game than the score would make you think. Right, I, exactly. Yeah, that that score is not indicative at all of uh, of what you know is going to go on there. Yeah, well, and I lost out on that one because I had, I was under this impression they that LSU was going to make it into the top four. They were my one of my picks for the playoff, mm-hmm. uh, and I had them winning thirty five thirty two, whereas you had Alabama winning twenty four seventeen. So you won out on that one. That right, right. Yes. And more positive news, though, for my uh, playoff prediction hopes. Um, Oklahoma State uh, beat uh, TCU 
who I I have a, a them pegged as one of my four teams as the yes. winner of the Big Twelve, and uh, yeah, they had a commanding victory, forty nine twenty nine over TCU. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, the Alabama game uh, and it's, you know, pl- how it played out maybe was a little surprising, but overall, not a surprise to me. Uh, even the Clemson-Florida State game, although I, I had predicted a Florida State victory, um, you know, uh, not a huge surprise that it went the other way. Uh, but Oklahoma State beating TCU the way they did is more of a surprise in my mind. Uh, I, I did not expect that. I thought that TCU would would go in there and, um, you know, kind of expose uh, Oklahoma State a little bit, and they didn't. Yeah. Boy, Oklahoma State looked very dominant. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, when you think about the fact that TCU, for a good portion of the season, like the AP polls and stuff, was ranked number two in the country, you know, right behind Ohio State, you know, and now their kind of playoff hopes have been dashed a bit. Right. Well, and, and now TCU, you know, they play Kansas this week, so they'll be completely off the map. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's not looking too good for TCU. I mean, they have a couple of chances here. They they play the other two big boys of the of the Big 12 the following two weeks, but, but this week's going to be an off-the-radar week and may cause them to slide a little bit yeah. in that poll. Right. Well, and as we get into our playoff discussion, it, the way it's kind of playing out, it seems like – these for the Big Twelve to have a representative, somebody needs to go undefeated. That seems to be their pretty much their only way of making it. You know, I really think that's true. I mean, unless some uh, really odd things start to happening on in some of the other conferences, unexpected uh, type of things, that that the best chance for for the Big Twelve to be in the mix is going to be an undefeated Baylor and undefeated Oklahoma State running the table. Yeah, and. You know, going back to the other upset, you know, Nebraska beating MSCU 39-38. Um, Michigan State is still in control of their own destiny. You know, if they can beat Michigan and Ohio State, you know, they would, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, right, but they would go, they would go to the uh, championship game in that case because their one loss would be to us, but they'd have the head-to-head win over Ohio State who would have one loss, and so then they correct. would go. Correct. That is correct. Oh, Michigan State completely controls their own destiny relative to the Big Ten. However, I would I would say that it's not obvious that they would be one of the top four if they um, if they won out, even because they're going to play an Iowa team that that would be highly regarded, highly ranked, just because they're undefeated. But if they then proceeded to beat Iowa in a Big Ten championship game out there in the future. I'm just not convinced that that would wow enough voters. Uh, I mean, uh, enough of the panel uh, to, to uh, you know, it depends on what everybody else does, right? It's, it right. becomes one of those dynamic question marks. Well, I'd say in that scenario, two things are very important because one, they have a win over Michigan, but a win that everybody knows was a last-second fluky thing, you know. So that game was really almost closer to being a tie than anything. Um, and then two, you know, does Michigan State go in there and crush Iowa and Iowa looks terrible or do they both come in and play good football and it's a close game and Michigan State wins, but Iowa still looks good? And that scenario, I think Michigan State can still make it in. But yeah, if Iowa just looks like crap against them, then nobody's going to give Iowa credence. Right, right. That could very well be the case. But uh... So, yep, absolutely right. That's right. Okay, getting on to some of the other interesting games. Um, Navy beating uh, Memphis 45-20, big upset. 
big upset. Again, um, not not a complete surprise because when you play Navy, that unique offense, it's tough, man. And uh, and and then their defense is surprisingly good. So it was that Navy was was going to be a matchup that was going to be very tough on Memphis, and it sure was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was interesting to see, and then some good, great games in the SEC. Um, uh, Ole Miss and Arkansas, fifty-two, fifty-three. Arkansas wins in overtime, and and and, and that crazy play at the end, which I've n- never quite seen one like that. Uh, uh, that wasn't the last play of the game. It was it was on a fourth down play during overtime, but um, just how that all played out was kind of a first, you know in my uh, watching of college football that someone would have that that the thought of just throwing the ball up in the air and backwards right and didn't isn't this the game where they went for two at the end and got it yes right and and you may recall they went for two um earlier in the year and didn't get it in a game in which they could have won but uh, if they had extended themselves into maybe another overtime and I think he chose to go for two. So interesting, interesting choices there. Yeah, I want. I wonder if that uh, coach was influenced at all by Tom Osborne's, you know, big uh, uh, no. two point moment. No. I doubt it. No, no, I don't think that had any thought I, at all. I, I, I mean, n- not n- sorry. I didn't mean about that specific scenario, but I just mean about his. I mean, we've seen it repeat here. I'm just talking about his general philosophy of like oh. going for two in those sorts of situations. Right. Well, I, and and again, uh, once you're talking about two different eras, that the era uh, when Osborne did that uh, occurred during a period of time when when um, um, there was no ties. Uh, I mean, excuse me, there were ties rather. Right. And now there's overtime. Uh, and so, uh, you know, Tom Osborne was going for the win rather than the tie. Right. It wasn't going for the win versus going for a chance to go into overtime. Exactly. Yeah. You're or continuing right. in overtime. Very different yeah. scenarios. So, yep. And then the other one being uh, Auburn upsetting Texas A&M 26 to 10. Just yes. Like... Well, and, and, you know, again, A&M is just another, another year where they seem a year away. <laughs> yeah well and Auburn's interesting because like you know I mean they're obviously a historically extremely powerful uh, school uh, and I guess I, I believe this was like coming off like a two game loss or two yeah two, two, two losses in a row for Auburn right right so they needed they needed a win badly mm-hmm. yeah another interesting one um, one of your predictions for going to the uh, top four to the playoff is Florida and they had a 9-7 win over Vanderbilt. That's kind of right. a strange victory. And recall that that prediction was uh, was before I uh, two weeks ago when I didn't realize that Florida's quarterback had been suspended for the year. Uh, without their quarterback, they clearly aren't the same team offensively. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then uh, we have uh, Northern Illinois upset Toledo, taking down one of the undefeateds. Uh, yep. So that that was another interesting one, and then Baylor um, beat Kansas State, but only beat them thirty-one twenty-four. Yes, exactly. and it was close, and it was a very close game, and and only you know a score at the end kind of thing uh, created that per, uh, that margin. I mean, Kansas State was very much in that game to the very end. Mm-hmm. Right. So kind of th- putting some more question marks on 
Baylor's defense again, which has kind of been the question mark all year for them. Well, and and their offense. I mean, uh, this explosive offense that was putting up these pinball machine numbers against uh, basically no team. And, and this, this was discussed in length in today's uh, unveiling of the rankings. Uh, Baylor has not beaten a team that has a better than 500 record yet. Wow. I mean, it's, it's week 10. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's just crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I read right the, the the has the Big Twelve chosen to or yeah the Big Twelve chosen to do this on purpose like you know purposefully scheduling all the best teams near the end of the season. Well, I, you could argue that they maybe did that because uh, certainly from a traditional power standpoint, um, um, you know, having the Oklahomas. Uh, uh, and Oklahoma State's matchup at the end has traditionally always happened. I mean, Bedlam has always been one of the late games of the season ever since the Big 12 was created anyway. And prior to that, of course, Oklahoma always played Nebraska last. Um, but um, um, but they always have the, the uh, Red River shootout, um, um, which is uh, Oklahoma-Texas, and that's usually early in the year. So they do have some you know, traditional games earlier in the year. Uh, I, I'm not sure it was something they consciously did. I don't know that they knew that Oklahoma State and TCU and Baylor, three teams that have not historically been powers within that conference, were all going to emerge as yeah. you know players and be playing each other in this little round robin. I, I don't think it was conscious. Yeah, I guess that's true because, you know, I mean, historically you've ranked Texas up there as one of the best teams. Those games were played more middle of the season. Correct. Exactly. So I don't think it was necessarily conscious, but it, it's sure working out good for the Big 12 because if they're going to try to be able to make a statement and get into this playoff system, uh, then they've set themselves up to, 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 to do that. Yep. So, um, and this is interesting. Ohio State beat uh, Minnesota 28-14. Um, they played uh, Cardell Jones, right, because JT Barrett was suspended for a game because of his uh, mistake correct right that is correct that's right and wasn't uh braxton miller was brought in as like the second teamer right like correct and braxton miller got hurt in that game at minnesota and i don't really know i i haven't done the research to to find out if uh, uh what his uh injury status is as far as availability this week and beyond interesting Alrighty then. Uh, and then um, this is an interesting one within the Big Ten. Northwestern Penn State. Northwestern won 23-21, a close game. Yes, yes. And a uh, big win for Northwestern, I think. Really big win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I heard some people kind of, there was a guy, I was just watching a video, he was talking about how Iowa did, doesn't deserve their spot and how the Big Ten is there's only three good teams in the Big Ten and saying like Northwestern and Minnesota and Indiana and those other kind of middle-ish teams in the conference right now are, are not worth anything. Uh, but, I mean, Northwestern only has two losses. You know, they're ranked in the top 25. So Yeah, still... and the problem is they have that just whitewashing that, that happened at Iowa and uh, 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 or against Iowa, I, I should say. I think it was actually at home. But but it's just inexplicable for a team that also beat Stanford, you know. Yeah, and then uh, last one, uh, Houston over Cincinnati, thirty thirty, uh, thirty to thirty three. They won, but a close game for mm-hmm. them, who's another one of those undefeated teams. 
Well, and some of those things are all going to play out this week. So, you know, the beauty of November, November is just going to be an awesome month of football. That's right. All right. We've already talked about it a bit, but obviously we had the next, uh, the newest round of the college football playoff rankings. And um, in the top four positions as of right now, we have Clemson at number one, Alabama at number two, Ohio State at number three, and Notre Dame at number four. Um, LSU getting bumped out of there because of their uh, loss well, against Alabama. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, and, and again, uh, I would say that as you look at those, uh, you can look at, at uh, you have to look both backwards and forwards to kind of understand these rankings. And I think it's really important that everyone who, who looks at these rankings recognizes that that committee has made it clear that they look at each uh, set of data independent of the previous week. And so what the rankings are this week do not influence what the rankings are going to be next week. They don't. They've put in a great deal of effort to make sure that they minimize that bias of where were you ranked before. They know that they're going to have to justify shifting or changes that occur, but they were willing to do that last year, and they basically stood behind their their analysis so you know if I, as i look at this and i kind of look forward and back with each of the, the four teams you mentioned in the top four frankly three of them look pretty sound that if they went out they're likely destined to stay in those spots now i i will admit that probably the one that is most vulnerable uh, is going to be ohio state uh, Ohio State has to not only win their games, but I think they have to win in somewhat impressive fashion. They can't struggle and get lucky and beat Michigan State or get lucky in a last-minute scenario against Michigan. They have to beat those two teams soundly. And then they have to go to the Big 12 or Big 10 championship game and in all likelihood play an Iowa school that, um, uh, that, that most people will perceive to be much worse and that they have to beat them handily. Not, not like they did last year where they just crushed Wisconsin, but, but I mean um, a sound, just a sound, solid victory. If they do those things, then no one can jump them, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, you know, the fact that, of the matter is that our beating Michigan State doesn't help them in that regard, you know, because no. if they were going up against Michigan State when Michigan State was still undefeated, then the perception would be different. Absolutely agree. Now, Clemson looks to have already won all of its tough games and now looks uh, to finish the year out with three games that they should win fairly comfortably. And then uh, they're going to play in a conference championship game where the opponent is going to be North Carolina. Uh, and North Carolina is um, uh, not going to present a huge challenge to them, in my opinion. So I think Clemson's got a very good path into the playoff. And they're already ranked number one. So Clemson's in, in my view. Uh, and then similarly, um, Alabama, uh, they do have to still play Auburn and Mississippi State. But Alabama, I think, is, is, is playing at a level that leads me to believe they will go undefeated. They'll play Florida. I think Florida's already secured the, the, uh, their side of the conference. So Florida's going to be the opponent. And Florida, without their, their quarterback, is not likely going to be a big challenge for Alabama. 
Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. Although I do think you know, looking forward to this weekend, the Alabama. It's at Mississippi State, so mm-hmm. that that will be an interesting game. That I mean, that's the toughest game they've left on their schedule. Auburn isn't ranked right now. Mississippi State is so right, and Mississippi State has really good, mature quarterback. Uh, and if Alabama's got weakness, it might be in that secondary. You know, people keep talking about their front seven. If you're going to attack Alabama, you better have a premier quarterback who can make them pay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this was a question I want to bring up. Should we, because um, we, we both made uh, our own uh, potential playoff rankings before the week before the uh, official rankings came out. At that time, my top four was Clemson, LSU, Ohio State, and Stanford. Yours was Clemson, Ohio State, Florida, and Notre Dame. Uh, now, should we? Uh, do you think we should like adjust those? Like, say, okay, well, this is where we stand on our top four as of you know week ten. I would say yes, but but let's just spend a little time on that, Alex, uh, because um, you know so many people do that. I think it's I, I think the more important discussion was to to clarify because you listen to the talking heads on that program, and again they're already you know overreacting to uh, Iowa's placement at at five. I think that's the significant thing that everybody's focused on, and you're going to read a bunch of that over the next day or two, and everybody's going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Iowa's fifth. Well, I can tell you right now that. That you know the teams that that lie uh, sixth is Baylor. If you have the list in front of you, please share it with me. Who is seven and eight? Uh, they talked about the fact that those were the four teams that got most of the discussion. Uh, Stanford is seven. Oklahoma State is eight. Okay, so you got Baylor and Oklahoma State, two Big Twelve teams. If either of those undefeated teams goes pro- proceeds to to an undefeated season. Um, then, then I think there's going to be some really fascinating debates about whether they are fourth or uh, Notre Dame is fourth. And I guarantee you, if if Iowa won out and Oklahoma State won out, it would be really tough to put Iowa in, in there. I guess that they would get in there likely under the strength of beating an Ohio State. But let's say that Ohio State gets beat by Michigan and Michigan ends up going to the Big Ten championship game, but then Iowa beats a Michigan team, you know, with two losses. Well, what then? Well, I think that's not enough for Iowa, and they get booted, and Oklahoma, undefeated Oklahoma State gets in. You know what I mean? So I think there's a bunch of scenarios. So that group from from eighth through fourth, uh, it's very dynamic. Yeah, and no. it's going to change every week. Yeah, well, because the, the big – the big game we can all see coming is that at the end of the season, Notre Dame and Stanford play each other, and whoever right. wins that game, you know, that's going to be very important to uh, both teams' chances for making into that top four. Right. And, well, and it and it's and it's going to be important to whoever plays Stanford in the in the Pac-12 championship game too. Mm-hmm. And well, and he, this was going to be my uh, similar to you. I mean, my scenario. Let's say that Notre Dame beats Stanford, so they beat who they're supposed to be, you know, and they don't play in a conference championship game. Then you have a Utah team who, let's say, wins out what they have left to play. So they beat Stanford in their uh, conference championship game, you know. So they're a one-loss team like Notre Dame. And then you have uh, Oklahoma State or or Baylor, alternatively, one of the two, you know, go undefeated in the Big 12. And you can see you have those three teams kind of vying – for that number four spot, presuming that Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State win what's oh. left of their games. 
And then, and and so then, when you start making the debates about that, then then it becomes an issue of, you know, who have you beaten, and what have those teams done? So then, all of a sudden, you know, because in a scenario like you just described, um, Utah's biggest wins would be against a Stanford team that lost to Notre Dame, right? In your scenario, and uh, and also um, uh, their other big big one of their other big wins was a Michigan team that would now be nine and three because they would have lost to Michigan state, uh, uh, Ohio state and, um, and, and, and to Utah. So how big is that? You know, I'm, so just all those implications start playing it out and yeah. it's just going to be really interesting. If Notre Dame wins out and they win that Stanford game, I think it's going to be really, really hard for anyone other than a Baylor or an Oklahoma state to bounce, bounce them out. Right. Although it'd be interesting, I mean, let's say that like Baylor wins out, you know, but they'll be in the TCU team that let's say has three losses by that point, right? You know, if they kind of crumble here a bit at the end, and then right. you know an Oklahoma State team that has then maybe has two losses, maybe because has, they lose to Oklahoma and and to TCU, right? Or, or Baylor, and then yeah. an Oklahoma team that has two losses, you know, right? Mm-hmm. So then that that gets a little tricky too. Mm-hmm. So, it is very interesting. It, it um, is, and so it's about that process. So, very quickly, give me your new top four. Okay, well, I'm going to... Uh, actually, give me your new top six. New top six. Oh, okay. We're... I like what they did on the TV show. Yeah, yeah. Well, because those other two teams are the closest to kind of vying mm-hmm. for that number four spot. Um, right. I'm going to... I'm going to... St- Stick with what I was saying earlier, you know, although I'm switching out LSU for Alabama now. So Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. I feel pretty confident that those three are, can win out and make it in. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, I'll go in and say Notre Dame for the number four spot. <laughs> okay. And then uh, for number five, I'm going to continue with my prediction from before. I'm going to say Oklahoma State is well yeah. i mean this would be i guess an oklahoma yep. state team with one loss in my because i mean if, if like if oklahoma state has goes undefeated then because the thing i think is interesting with oklahoma state because i heard somebody talk about this before is that they looked really good in their win against tcu but they've also struggled to win a lot of their games throughout the season, you know, so how does that reflect on them if they are undefeated and going up against a one loss Notre Dame? Correct. Which is why they're ranked where they are. Right. Number eight. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, if they beat, you know, and if they beat Baylor and Oklahoma in these upcoming weeks, you know, I mean, I definitely think they won't be eighth anymore. That's true. So, so who's fifth? Okay. So, <laughs> Gosh darn it, I keep going back and forth to myself. Okay, here. while you think about that, you think about five and six, I'm going to say that my top four would be the same as yours. And, 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 and remind everybody what my top four were originally. It were it was basically Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson, so three that are still, that are that have been in there. And, and my mistake was Florida, because I, I was speculating on a, on a uh, you know, uh, a Florida team may be continuing to trend in an upward fashion and surprising someone in the in the conference championship game there in the SEC championship game, and that's I, I don't believe that anymore. So so they're out and Alabama's in. 
So I end up in the same top four as you. I am not a believer in Iowa. I uh, number one, I uh, you know, uh, as a Nebraska fan, I'm I'm somewhat hopeful that that we knock off Iowa, uh, uh, you know, here in a couple of weeks, three weeks. So um, I, I don't care about. Uh, I don't think Iowa's going to be in that mix. So, so then it becomes a question of, is it Baylor or, or, uh, um, or Oklahoma State out of the Big 12? And I'm going to say it's going to be Baylor because uh, I'm, I'm still not sold on, on uh, Oklahoma State. So I'm going to go with Baylor as number five. And then number six uh, for me uh, is going to be, uh, uh, right now, Stanford. Um, that's the team that that I think would come in the mix, and and so that sets up that de facto play-in game, which is the Notre Dame Stanford game. So there's my top six. Okay, well, this brings up a question: Are we ranking top six based on right now, or what we think is going to play out at by the end? Well, I I, I think it's about what I think is right now. Okay, so. because yeah, I mean, I write I might write Stanford up there, but. I was thinking of this in terms of the end of the season, so I'm thinking this. I would rank Notre Dame at you know up high, that high at fourth, only if they beat Stanford. If they don't, well, that's true. You know, yep. So yep. that that's at least how I'm viewing it. Mine is in terms of end of season, and Got it. here's what I'm going to say. I'm I'm changing You're mine projecting. up a bit. Yes, I'm projecting. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Oklahoma State is number four. Notre Dame is five because I'm going to say that Oklahoma State wins out they're undefeated and that fact that they're undefeated and they look good against both Baylor and Oklahoma as well as their dominant win over TCU gives them more you know quality wins than Notre, a one loss Notre Dame team mm-hmm. so that's all I'll say so Notre Dame is five and then in my scenario Stanford would have lost to Notre Dame um, so then number six would probably end up being Let's say I'll go with Utah. Like I said before, let's say Utah beats Stanford in the in their championship game. Yeah. So that's what I'll okay. say. Okay. Very good. Let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, that's right. So you said your number. F- remember what your five and six was again? Sorry. My my five is is Baylor, Baylor. and my six is Stanford. But I, I'm I'm more looking at it for right now. Right. You know. Um, um, I don't. Uh, I still would put Iowa like eighth, because yes, they've been solid. Yes, they've been consistent, but but they haven't had any impressive wins except against Northwestern and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Which were, I mean, those definitely did widen my eyes when I saw them. So you know that does show they have something going good there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Alrighty then. So then, looking ahead to uh, week eleven. Um, we have uh, the biggest game by far is Oklahoma and Baylor, you know, number six versus number 12. So that's going to be very interesting in terms of Baylor's, you know, uh, their their hopes for a, a making that top four. They have to beat Oklahoma. Absolutely. That's a huge game. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's there's a couple of other interesting, uh, interesting ones uh, this weekend, too. That, that that are going to be challenging games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one I saw was uh, Utah. Utah plays Arizona. That might be kind of interesting. Oregon, Oregon, Stanford. Yes, Oregon, Stanford. Arkansas against LSU. Right after Arkansas beat right. Ole Miss. You know, and Minnesota, Iowa, and the Big Ten is a pretty good matchup. 
Yep. And uh, Memphis-Houston in the American Conference. That's a big matchup for them. Uh-huh. Yep, so those were all interesting. Uh, Alabama-Mississippi State, that's a big y- one, Yes, too. absolutely. That's huge in the... In the uh, um, and um, who does Penn State play? Uh, I don't have Boy, that one listed down. Um, yeah, I wonder I, if it's their week off. Uh, I do. There is a Florida against South Carolina. That's an interesting one too. Yes, mm-hmm. but South Carolina has had a horrible season. They've just really fallen off the map. Uh, Georgia Auburn. There's another one that should be a, a good game. But uh, you know Auburn does is Auburn uh, you know starting to turn it around here at this point in the season, or was that a one one game kind of reprieve? Yeah. And and this is an interesting one in the Big Ten: Michigan, Indiana, right after Indiana. You know, uh, Near, nearly beat Iowa. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But Indiana's got offense. There's no question about that. Yep. So I think that's interesting. Yep. Penn State must have the week off. That's what I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. And UCLA plays against Washington State in another Pac 12 matchup. Uh, yes. Florida State against. Um, NC State. I think they're they have like one or two losses. I think they're they're pretty highly ranked within their conference. Uh, so so it, it it's going to be a good weekend. Not quite the marquee weekend as last weekend. And then next weekend, I think the SEC is going to start going into its annual um, late season uh, uh, little sisters of the poor games that they use to get healthy. Uh, and um, and so you'll see a few diminished big game matchups because they're basically giving themselves a bye week to prepare for their uh, their last game of the season, you know, rivalry games like Alabama-Auburn. Right. And then, uh, um, but but next week in the Big Ten has got some great matchups because you're going to have, you know, Michigan against Penn State. You're going to have uh, Michigan State, uh, Ohio State, um, you know, so some huge matchups uh, next weekend in the Big Ten. Um, yep. So. Well, yeah, and then obviously Week 13, you know, always has lots of big games, oh, all yeah. the big rivalry games and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. season. Right, exactly. Yep, so there's lots to look forward to, you know, and as we saw, I mean, last we we predicted, you know, some of the big games of Week 10, but then there were some that surprised us, so I bet you money there'll be some out here that are going to, some upsets that will jump out at us this week as well. You know, something for us to research a little bit here, and of course this is getting the cart before the horse, which fans always do, uh, and and we are definitely the definition of fan, um, um, with our, our love love for the Cornhuskers, you know, it's an interesting scenario after the very difficult season we've had for us to now be faced uh, with a situation where we have the opportunity to finally put back-to-back victories together uh, this weekend with a game at Rutgers. If we are able to win that game, we have the chance to then position ourselves to have a three-game winning streak at the end of the season that gets us back to 500, uh, makes us bowl eligible, and causes us to have two victories against top 10 teams in the last three games. And and I think that we would then be the most attractive six and six football team in the history of bowl season. Okay? <laughs> I'm serious. And yeah. I think that uh, some, some bowl committees are going to be licking their chops at the opportunity to uh, maybe get access to a, a program like Nebraska with a fan base that's probably going to be super energized if that were to play out. 
and I, I'm obviously hoping that that's exactly what happens uh, for a, a variety of reasons. The most important one being it gives our team a chance to practice uh, uh, for a bowl game and get those extra reps in. Um, but um, but I just have a feeling that that you, if that were to play out and we ended up twelve uh, six and six and a defeat of Iowa, that we would find ourselves uh, going to a bowl game that that is uh, quite attractive given a six and six record. Yeah. Well, I think I saw somebody joking that if that scenario were to play out, then it'd be like Nebraska came to play against like all the top ten teams need to beat, but all like the you know bottom seventy teams that had to play, we messed up. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Well, but uh, all of a sudden people would start kind of cutting us uh, more of a break. They they would start doing the what ifs and say, you know, this team at six and six, but it's you know it's three minutes away from being ten and two. You know, uh, uh, so uh, uh, when when you're a bowl committee, it's easy to start playing the justification game to get a, a premier program like Nebraska to, oh, yeah. to be in well, your stadium. And we saw just last year, you know, with the college football playoff with Ohio State, I mean, if they don't destroy Wisconsin the way they did in the Big Ten championship game, there's no way they're in that top four, you know, but they came on strong there at the end of the season and that had an impression on people. And if we can pull off a three-game winning streak with two wins against, yeah, top ten competition, that would definitely make us uh, favorable in the, you know, what have you done for me lately eyes of the bowl uh, people. Right, exactly. So uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, as I said, cart before the horse. We still have to beat a Rutgers team out in right. Piscataway. So we'll see. Oh, we- yeah love college football and i forgot to mention this but i wanted to ask it you know in our whole hypothetical scenario of like an undefeated uh baylor or oklahoma state against uh notre dame you know with one loss mm-hmm. for that number four spot uh i feel like that's an interesting scenario where the fact both teams in those scenarios don't play a conference championship game you know right. versus like what if notre dame was getting put up against somebody who had won a conference championship game like how would the committee like view the importance of playing that extra game and winning that extra oh, game. I, I, again, I, I will argue that if it comes down to a Baylor versus Notre Dame and they choose Notre Dame, uh, I guarantee you that there will be a strong argument to be made that if the Big 12 was smart enough to get themselves a conference championship game, that they would, um, that they would be in. Mm-hmm. I, I'm absolutely convinced that that extra high marquee game is huge and and um, the big 12 keeps holding out because they want to cling to their money uh, of dividing by 10 right. um, instead of having to go out and do what some other conferences did like the pac 12 and the big 10 uh, to get themselves to 12 imagine how unfair that is to the to the big 10 in the pre-nebraska being in the big 10 days right when they had 11 teams with the uh, with uh, um for all those years with Penn State being the 11th team, and they did not get a have a conference championship game because the NCAA rules wouldn't allow it. Um, and so they sat there and watched the SEC and the Big 12 at that time, which did have a conference championship game, ironically. Uh, they watched those two leagues make tons of money at, on conference championship da- games while they couldn't do it because they didn't have 12 teams. Mm-hmm. I mean... So if you now change that rule to accommodate the Big 12, you know, uh, there's some people that would resist that. Oh, yeah. Well, and, oh, man, I just had a thought, and now it's escaping me. Sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Uh, 
uh, it was something to do with what we were, what were we just it was just before what you said about the championship game. Oh, um, uh, boy, I don't know. <laughs> Catch another time. It's the beauty of uh, a podcast. Gosh darn it. Okay, yeah, we'll do it next time. So if you go out there and enjoy this podcast, you can email us at huskerbeat13 at gmail.com. You can find us on uh, footballthrowdown.podomatic.com. Podomatic is our website as well as the Podomatic app or on iTunes. You can find us there as well. Uh, leave us comments, ratings, reviews. We always like hearing from you guys. Uh, so thank you out there for listening to this great old podcast. And uh, until next time, go Big Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red.